This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we speak to Richie Stanaway, and he tells us what he does like about Gen 3. Yeah, of course. I, I like supercars for the competition, not so much for the car. Yeah. And I think... Ultimately, the you know the car needs to be heading in the direction that it's gone in in terms of taking the cost and the labour out of the tuning. Richie Stanaway talks about getting into supercars, getting out of supercars, and what he was doing before then. It's all coming up today, and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock, and I'm with Richie Stanaway, and he's had a weekend of GTs in a uh, Prince Jeffrey Abraham yep. with the Triple Eight car. Not a greatest weekend for you, but you obviously like driving those cars. Then. Yeah, we had some really good car speed this weekend. Um, haven't felt that good in a, in a race car for a really long time. So as soon as we rolled out in the first practice, the car felt really good. And um, yeah, we had a really good race on Saturday, uh, but unfortunately got a puncture um, right at the start of the race today. So the tire was already going flat before I got to turn one. So um, yeah, so we didn't get to show any any uh, speed today, which was unfortunate. But um, pace-wise, it was it was a great great weekend. Just obviously had a slightly bad ending with the race this morning, but. Um, but it's still. Uh, this is uh, obviously a track that something like that AMG car would really love. Yeah, it's probably one of the best car track combinations I've ever done. Easily top five. Oh, okay. Just seems to be a perfect car for this track, and um, yeah, it was really fun. Really enjoyed it. Right. So. Um, now, obviously, you had a period where you were racing in this series, uh, and then left. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to go into that, that's fine, that's history. But you've made your presence felt then. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's obviously you're going to be driving in the Enduros again. Yeah. And I imagine tomorrow will be a big day because you'll get that chance to feel these new Gen 3 cars. You've already had a try of them? Yeah, I've done uh, about three days in the car so far, so I feel like I've had um, a fairly good. Uh, opportunity to get mileage that the team have given me so 
yeah, obviously with the car being new, they've kind of prioritized uh, me getting laps, which I really appreciate. So feeling pretty well prepared for Sandown already, and then I'm going to get even more laps tomorrow and then another on another day before Sandown. So I'm feeling... Um, Feeling pretty pretty confident heading into to Sandown. I mean, I, I obviously don't drive, particularly a race car like this. Yeah. But from all you've heard, all you've seen and felt, they're very different to the other car. But is it something that you would like to be driving, sort of thing? Um. Yeah, of course. I, I like supercars for the competition, not so much for the car. Yeah. And I think. Ultimately, the you know the car needs to be heading in the direction that it's gone in in terms of taking the cost and the labour out of the tuning and uh, running the cars. So um, yeah, I think a driver's job is not to worry about uh, you know the the rules and regulations and just focus on driving what you're given and tuning what you're given and yeah I don't I don't have a problem with wherever the car's at I'm just happy to to drive it um, and if I'm with a good team then I'm happy and that's why I'm, I'm happy to be here driving at AAA and obviously like I said I love supercars for the competition because well I mean that's the amazing thing because when you drove in it they were certainly competitive it's even more so now I mean, the margins are so small. Yeah, yeah. It's always been competitive, I think. And when I left Europe, um, you know, there's no other top-tier category in the Southern Hemisphere other than, than supercars. So, obviously, now that I've decided to leave Europe and live down in this part of the world, it's this championship's always going to be a, a priority for me. So. Okay. Let's go back. So, you're Rotorola-born. Um, and grew up there. You've got an older sister, you said? Yep. And your parents still live there in Tauranga yep. now? Um, it's a beautiful part of the world, as you well know better than me. Um, do you live back there in New Zealand now? Uh, yeah, I live in Auckland. Auckland. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what's, what's been your driving regime for the last couple of years? Um, so, last year I was in a very unique scenario where I hadn't raced since 2019 and was due to um, race in the 2021 Bathurst 1000 but that got delayed because of COVID so I got pushed back another 12 months so I ended up basically going three years without racing and then just came back and not just to co-drive but to be the primary driver at, at the 1000 was a very uh, unique scenario to be in but I actually really enjoyed the challenge and I it got me in really good shape physically I um, just fell in love with training again um, in a similar way to it reinvigorated you yeah well it was such a big it was such a tall order to come back uh, without the race fitness that I knew I had to get myself really fit and yeah I loved training um, back in the day when I was much younger doing open wheelers in Europe and when I wanted to... Let's, let's start, go back to there actually. So you're a go-kart kid I suppose? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Actually I did um, motocross more as a kid Okay. and then a little bit of go-karting, only a year and then 
Did your family have a history in motorsport? Yeah, my father raced Speedway for oh, okay. like 20 so, years, so yeah. yeah, I grew up around Speedway. And, and do it was something you used to racing on them? Yeah. Okay. Is the wet appeal to you driving in the wet, or is it... Uh... Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah it seemed to go good. Good I, in the I, rain. Both Shane and Jim Richards have one thing in common. They both also started racing not on bitumen. Ah, uh, okay. And <laughs> both of them also have in common that ability to race in the wet. And I go, oh, you like yeah. racing in the wet? They go, no, we don't like racing in the wet, but you're very good at it. Well, it doesn't mean we like it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a correlation there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there is. Okay, so from there you went to where? Uh, so I went to Europe in 2009 yes. to do F4 and then... Um, in whereabouts? Uh, Germany. Okay. Yeah. That was a pretty competitive series from what I remember. Um, well, it was effectively German F4. It was, it's actually, it was actually called ADAC Formula Masters, but yep. yeah, people would know it as an F4 category. Um, yeah, managed to do really well and then got up to Formula 3 the next year and then... Who were you doing that with? Um, so it was effectively what is Alpine now. Yep. It was on their junior junior program. So it's obviously been rebranded many times over the years. Yeah. It was Renault and then it was Lotus and obviously now everyone would know it as Alpine. So that junior junior program. Okay. And... Where did you go away from the open wheelers? Uh, so I had a really bad crash in 2012 and broke my back. And then I couldn't, I basically, I didn't race again for uh, 11 months. Recuperated so, back in New Zealand? Uh, initially in Europe and then I went back to New Zealand in, in the European winter time. And then I, I was under the impression that I was going to repeat the... Um, the same program I was doing when I broke my back, but it didn't eventuate and ended up in a um, Porsche Super Cup the next year, which caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, did one year of that, and then I was back in open wheelers and did GP3 and then GP2. And then that was the end of the road for... I haven't raced an open wheeler since... Um, Actually, my last open wheeler race, I won in uh, GP2 in Sochi in 2015, and then I haven't raced since. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I went out on a high, at least. I've yeah, yeah, won at the highest category before yeah, yeah. F1. So at least yeah. at least the, the road ended on a high. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm not certain of the path or how you ended up at Gary Rogers. Um, I don't know that path. So... Uh, so yeah, I was out of my Tickford contract after one year, and then... Um, of course you shared with Cam Waters and won the Sandhead 500. Yeah, that was a year, that was 2017. Right. So my full-time year was 2018. Yes. And then uh, GRM was 2019. So that lined up where, with uh, sponsorship with Boost Mobile, and um, they wanted to sponsor the team, and they wanted me to drive, and just lined up for me to, to slot in there. Have you known Peter Addison a long time? Uh, so I met him um, I met him uh, in 2017 when I was driving with Cam Waters. Yep. Um, and obviously, you know, I mean, to drive with Shane as a start with is a fantastic thing. Um, 
as a New Zealander, I mean, this could be almost this would be the prime seat for you as a New Zealander. What's that? Sorry. Driving with Shane. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's a dream come true, really. All right. Um, your ambitions beyond Sandown Bathurst, standing on the podium, top step, both of them, please. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to win Bathurst, so. Um, yeah, obviously Shane won today, so um, you, you know he's the perfect person to team up with to take on that challenge. So um, really focused on on that, and um, yeah, I'd love to, to win that race one day. Okay, all the very best. Look forward to a Syrian. But one last question: with your thoughts about 2024, the opportunity to put your hand up for a, a seat here beside Brock Feeney. Um, yeah, there's nothing to, to comment on regarding that. So, yeah, for me, I'm just focused on on the enduros for now. Job and, to do. Yeah, I'm not sure what's. Yeah, it's not a question for me. No, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.